Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about 20 Feet from Stardom and The Wrecking Crew. I bring that up because today, Edward Lodovich, how do you say his middle name? Edward Lodovich Van Halen, born January 26, 1955 in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Yes, died today at the age of 65. Of course, I'm talking about Eddie Van Halen, who was an icon. I knew about Eddie Van Halen even as a little kid. I mean, the fingers. People didn't play guitar like that, you know. Um, And I mentioned two films about people who are unsung heroes, such as 20 Feet from Stardom, which are about the background vocalists that gave those songs that you and I love. It's grit. Like uh, Mary Clayton, who sings alongside Mick Jagger in Give Me Shelter. She's not credited, maybe in the background vocals, but it should have said The Rolling Stones featuring Mary Clayton or The Wrecking Crew. There's a movie that we're going to talk about called The Wrecking Crew. In fact, Glenn Campbell himself, yes, Mr. By the Time I Get to Phoenix, was a member of The Wrecking Crew, played guitar on many Beach Boy songs. You know, that's how it was done back then. You had the, the session musicians who played on the track. And then the singers would sing on it. And I bring up Eddie Van Halen. Because a lot of you know, and in its common knowledge, but it wasn't common knowledge for a long time, that, you know... If it weren't for Eddie Van Halen, Beat It would not have been the hit that it was. It wouldn't have had the grit. It wouldn't have had the the riff, that famous riff that opens the song Beat It. Yes, we know. That's Michael Jackson's song. It made Michael Jackson a huge, huge star. The Thriller album, but that song in particular, Beat It, went to number one. It should have said Beat It featuring Eddie Van Halen because Eddie Van Halen plays on Beat It. And that's why I mention these people who play on a track and don't get the credit. You know? Yes. I mean, you know, we could talk about that. Um, Art and music. You know, my late professor, Professor Walker, would always stress that about learning about the virtuosos. And often in rock, we can't really say that there are many virtuosos. If you're playing to a backing track, you're not a virtuoso. Imagine Dragons. Yes, I'm picking on you. But we could say that about Edward Ludwig van Halen was a virtuoso. Didn't hurt that he grew up playing piano, was going to become a pianist. And then became probably one of the greatest, uh, you know, guitarists ever. You know, he's right up there with Hendrix and Clapton, you know, and Santana, Carlos Santana. Um, It's been a long day, so if I'm sounding funny, that's why. Don't worry, I don't drink. So here we are, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. The Wrecking Crew. I can't stress that enough. It came out in 2008, was not released commercially into 2015 the wrecking crew played on carol king's albums 
as well as the Beach Boys, Sonny and Cher, The Fifth Dimension, The Mamas and the Papas, Frank Sinatra, Nancy and Sinatra, Jan and Dean, need I say more? Oh, yeah. In fact, the Wrecking Crew consisted of Leon Russell, keyboardist, guitarist Glenn Campbell, who also became famous in their own right. Tommy Tedesco, Steve Douglas, Earl Palmer, Larry Kanichi, they all became a member of Bread. Yes. Wrecking Crew, they have their own documentary, as I just said, directed by Danny Tedesco, who was who is the son of Tommy Tedesco. Um, here, here's just a lineup. The Wrecking Crew documents the work of the studio players who recorded the tracks for such hits as California Dreamin', These Boots Are Made for Walking, Be My Baby, The Beat Goes On, and Goodbye Vibrations, just to name a few. So I urge you to watch that. You know, I'm not saying that Eddie Van Halen is an unsung hero, but when it comes to the song Beat It, Michael Jackson, you really should have put him on the track saying Michael Jackson's Beat It featuring Eddie Van Halen. Okay, that's what you should have done. I'm just saying, wherever you are lurking about. And then there's 20 Feet from Stardom. 20 Feet from Stardom is such an interesting film. First of all, if you ever watch David Letterman every year for Christmas, he had Darlene Love singing Merry Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home. That's her song. This 2013 documentary, which won an Academy Award, directed by Morgan Neville, features these very gifted background singers. Darlene Love, who started out as a background singer. Judith Hill, Mary Clayton, Lisa Fisher, Tata Vega, Joe Laurie. Tata Vega in particular, here's the thing. If you've ever seen The Color Purple... And there's that, you know, Suge Avery. Suge Avery played by Margaret Avery. Are they related? I don't know. The characters, yes, maybe. Who's singing all these wonderful hits. You know, she's singing Sista. And she's singing it to Seely. Miss Seely's Blues. Remember that? And then God's trying to tell you something. Well, you know, that's not Margaret Avery's voice. That's Tata Vega's voice. Yes. That's Tata Vega. So we have to give credit where credit is due to Tata Vega. Also, Darlene Love. So Darlene Love wrote a song, He's a Rebel. And the Crystals got it. And it features them singing on it. Well, that's really Darlene Love singing it. And the record company screwed her over with that. Then we have Mary Clayton. Very well-known background vocalist. Sang with Ray Charles. Even sang Sweet Home Alabama with Leonard Skinner. She didn't want to sing on the record. And later her husband said to her, Trust me, 
You're going to be a part of something. And she was. She was. Mary Clayton famously was recruited to sing on the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter. They called her in the middle of the night. She was pregnant. Hair, hair, you know, rollers. Mink coat. She goes in. And they're telling her, here, she's never met them before. You know, this is where you need to sing the part about rape and murder. And she says, child, it's two in the morning. I'm by myself. I'm not trying to sing about rape and murder. And that it's just a shot away. And she did it. And then she said she, I love how in the documentary, said she said she's going to fix them. And she really let her voice go. Where she's singing the rape and the murder is just a shot away. And she said she was channeling everything that was happening in the 60s. The riots. Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, everyone dying in Vietnam. And, it, and it's evident. If you listen to Give Me Shelter. In that pivotal moment where her voice just breaks. It's beautiful. Now the Rolling Stones could have said Give Me Shelter featuring Mary Clayton. But they didn't. Because they just saw her as a background vocalist. So now when I listen to that song, I have new respect for it. Because that's Mary Clayton singing alongside Mick Jagger. She's not in the background. No, no, no. She's singing alongside Mick Jagger with a lot of personality. And that's what they wanted. Okay? These are our unsung heroes. 20 Feet from Stardom. Watch it. You're going to love it. It's going to break your heart You know There's a moment where Darlene Love Realizes she may not make it as a singer So she left music for a little while Started doing acting And then was finally Inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame That's her Her moment You know But all of us who used to watch David Letterman every Christmas Remember you knew it was Christmas when Darlene Love was on that piano singing ba- Baby Please Come Home or Merry Christmas. <sighs> these movies are amazing. I bring them up. A lot of these unsung heroes in them in their own life were virtuosos. That's why I brought up Eddie Van Halen. Not to just pay tribute to him, but the fact that without Eddie Van Halen, you would not have beat it. You'd have you'd probably have some electronic version of "Beat It," and the song wouldn't have won all those awards. It wouldn't have given Michael a number one hit. You know, in fact, there's session musician wise, there are a lot of guys from Toto playing on Michael Jackson's Thriller. Keep that in mind, okay? You know, you always got to give credit where credit is due. And these films, that's the power of documentaries. Documentaries basically wake you up and slap you around to things that you didn't know about. They give you that aha moment. That's the beauty of documentaries. That's how I got into Buster Keaton, whom I talked about on Sunday, the birthday boy. Is I watched a documentary on him and I went, whoa, damn. Because, you know, I was I was always kissing Charlie Chaplin's feet. I thought Charlie Chaplin, and I still do, was a genius. And then I watched this documentary on Buster Keaton, and I went, whoa. 
That's brilliant. I I knew he had done the movie where the house is supposed to fall on him and the and he's supposed to stand on his mark. You know, actors. That's the thing. You always have to stand on your mark, or you're not in the movie. You're not in the shot. Meryl Streep learned that from Jane Fonda when they did um, what's that movie? <laughs> they did a movie together. In the 1970s. And it also had... um, uh, Lauren Bacall's ex-husband. I, you know, I don't want to pause like that, but I had to. I don't want to keep saying, um, because then some of you will slap me, you know? Mm. There we go. It was, uh, that movie where there, she's, Jane Fonda's playing Lillian Hellman. And it's got Vanessa Redgrave. Oh my God, Vanessa Redgrave. <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave is something else. Lover, hater. Ah, it was the movie was Julia. Okay. If you don't stand on your mark, you're not in the movie. You know, and I learned from this documentary about Buster Keaton, the house falling on him. Buster Keaton did his own stunts. You know, there's that talk about there was no CGI. There was no... You know, um, Michael Bay, bombs and explosions. No, no, no. Buster Keaton had to make an, and he was the director of the movie, The General, had to make an actual train crash and then left it there for years. Yeah. Because you couldn't just say, oh, let's put it in the computer. You didn't have that in 1925. Now you do. And I think we take, take that for granted. So these unsung heroes, these virtuosos, yeah, yeah. So with these films, you know, with documentaries, I always tell, I always wanted to just be a documentary filmmaker. I did not want to be a future filmmaker because then everyone's telling me, oh, you're going to remake Clockwork Orange. Why? Who cares? Why would you touch that? Don't. I, I I look at the way the films are done now and everyone wants to remake something. They want to reboot it. And that's a form of laziness. And that's not what movie making is about. Really isn't. You know, making something interesting. I think that's why I love documentaries. They they take something that you wouldn't necessarily be interested in. Like in my case, Lemmy of Motorhead. I, I had heard of Motorhead and I thought, oh, they just have one song. Ace of Spades, great song. I watched this documentary about Lemmy and I'm like, whoa. I learned things I didn't even know. That made me even a bigger fan of Motorhead, of Lemmy. 
So that's the power of these documentaries, like 20 Feet from Stardom, like The Wrecking Crew, to make you aware of things that you didn't know in music, okay? In film. It goes all the way back to, you know, when they would do those war films, and those were documentary features, you know, Normandy, um, the, you know, the bomb, mm, that's such a tough subject. And I remember watching a documentary about that, even Bowling for Columbine, which still is controversial. And I'll tell you something, when Sandy Hook happened, I watched Bowling for Columbine because they happened to be playing it again. It's disturbing. Um, whether you love or hate Michael Moore as a filmmaker, what he did was brave. I mean, he's basically going into this bank where you can purchase a gun. You get a free gun if you open a bank account. And he even said, don't you think this is a little dangerous to be having guns in a bank? Because usually it's the other way around, okay? And and that's the power of documentaries. You know, people still to this day walk up to me because they know I'm a Marilyn Manson fan. And say, you know, out of everybody, he has the best moment in that documentary. You know, where uh, Michael Moore asks Marilyn Manson, because, you know, the killers listened to Marilyn Manson. And he was blamed for it. And then he, uh, Michael Moore says to him, what would you say to the parents of Columbine? And Michael, or Marilyn Manson says, I wouldn't say a single thing. I would listen to what they have to say, which is what no one did. To think of that, this shock jock rocker. I don't consider him that. I just consider him a rocker. Um, has the most pivotal moment in this documentary. That's the power of these documentaries is these unsung heroes. You know, um, it's, it's wild. You know, there's a documentary of Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones at the Altamont, which turns into just murder, mayhem, disaster. I couldn't watch it. I had to turn it off. But there is a beautiful moment that I know made Mick Jagger jealous. And that's, of course, Tina Turner singing. Um, I've been loving you so long by the late Otis Redding. And she took it to another level. To this day, she can't watch that performance. Probably because it was during the Ike years. But oh my God. To see someone of that power. She's stroking that microphone. But that's not the that's not for me the big moment. The big moment is when she lets it rip. And um she's saying, Let me know. And she's just giving it. She's that's blues right there. That's the power of Tina Turner. That's something Beyonce or nobody else today can channel. They could try to channel it, but she did it. You know. And that's the power of these documentaries. And that's why I love documentaries. And um I I I watched a documentary about Nina Simone. Talk about someone who was misunderstood and probably that song. Everyone has done that song. Don't let me be misunderstood. Hers is probably the best. You know, she has a beautiful song called Mississippi Goddamn, which is about the civil rights movement. And I watched that documentary about Nina Simone. 
for me, it goes all the way back to the beginning. I remember being a little kid watching documentaries, The American Experience on Amelia Earhart and Charles Lindbergh and being captivated by Amelia Earhart. So much so that my mother bought me the documentary. I, I was a big film nerd. So these documentaries really teach us something beyond the classroom. There's that wonderful documentary about Harvey Milk that inspired the movie. The documentary by the Maisel Brothers about Grey Gardens, Little Edie and Big Edie Beale. Yes, the aunt and cousin of Jackie Kennedy, Onassis. Oh my, oh my, oh my. And you know, that story is interesting in itself because, you know, they were really going to do a documentary on Lee Raswell growing up in East Hampton. And they met the Beals and decided, hey, we're just going to do a documentary about your aunt and your cousin who live in squalor in this house in East Hampton, New York, with all these cats in one room in the entire house. Oh, yes. And that's the beauty of these documentaries. You know, through that, through the, the Maisel brothers, and, and at, toward the end, it was just Albert Maisel's, I learned about Iris Apple. Or how do you say her name? There's a wonderful documentary, Iris, about this fashion icon. And I'm usually not into fashion, contrary to popular belief. Um, And I I saw that his last documentary was about this this businesswoman. Oh, my God. She was, uh, you know, we talk about being eccentric. Iris Apple. Iris Apple. She's still alive. She is 99 years old. She's going to be 100 next year. If you have a chance, watch the documentary about Iris Apple. I want to say it right. It's like Beetlejuice. You got to say it three times. Atful. Iris Atful. And the documentary was directed by the late Albert Mazels. And Albert and his brother David, you know, did Gimme Shelter, did um, The Great Gardens, The Salesman, these two brilliant, brilliant filmmakers. I think that's really something to be able to do documentaries with your brother. You know, D.A. Pennybaker, who died last year, the young age of 94, you know, Woodstock. The Monterey Pop Festival. Mm, so many great documentaries by D.A. Pennybaker. Of course, Don't Look Back, Bob Dylan, Robert Zimmerman, but Mr. Bob Dylan to all of us. You know, even did Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. I love David Bowie. <laughs> That's the beauty of these documentaries is you learn something new every day. Okay. So as always, unpleasant dreams. Eddie Van Halen, rest in 